Hey, so this is a rebroadcast of a previous episode that aired back in 2021. So going on a couple, three years now, I have no idea what this episode's about. My day got away from me, have a lot of things I had to do uh, this particular Saturday. And instead of not doing an episode at all, I just went through a dart, basically, and grabbed one and thought, hey, maybe it'll work out. Anyway, whatever's on here, I hope that it uh, finds you well wherever you're listening in the world. I so appreciate the support. Be well, safe travels. Here's the show. Take care. Back at it again right here, Life 2.0. You know, the whole concept of this show, when I cranked this out in 2018, I think it was, 2017, late 2017, 2018. Oh, and by the way, I have all the windows open in the studio. You're going to hear the ambiance background noise and all that goes along with that. Uh, when I do my radio shows for Washington, D.C., which air on Sunday, uh, we lock it down in here. It's got to be very professional. But when I do the podcast, look, I got no shoes on. I got no socks on. I got pants on, so that's a start. Uh, but I have everything open in here. It's a beautiful morning. Just trying to get that air moving and get that energy flowing, you know. So if you hear some of that stuff, it was on purpose. Anyway, when I started this show and the concept of it, matter of fact, going all the way back to when I started in radio in 1997, I wanted to offer something that was a little bit different. Then the usual sports, politics, religion, religion, politics, sports, rants that go on for the most part in, quote, terrestrial radio. And when I started in radio, uh, without any experience, I was in a very difficult circumstance in my life. I was living in a motel. I just walked from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan to Chicago and back and uh, was in some serious transitional pieces. How I voted, what my favorite team was, and my religion didn't help me get where I was going. Now, when I say religion, I'm talking about the formal part of it, not the spiritual part of it. I think there's a difference. So when I met with the owner, he said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to talk about things that matter in people's lives. He's what are you talking about, which was my first clue. He needed to F and listen. And I said, you know, I just, my life was in serious upheaval, which our lives are about every 30 to 60 days, if not sooner. And what I hear most of on radio about who's voting for who and who did what to who and who, even in as much as I love sports and have played football my whole life, love baseball, none of that helped me. But that seems to be the preponderance of information people argue about and dissect and disseminate every single day when it comes to radio. And he, I remember him telling me, he said, well, no, who's going to listen to that? I said, well, people should listen to it. Whether they actually do or not, we're going to find out. So I don't believe I'm the first one that ever came up with the concept of getting out of the headlines and staying more in the lifelines. What an idea. But I've been at it for 25 years because I believe in it and I've seen the results of it. And trying to talk in and around and through things to find that common sense when so much seems senseless, in my opinion, is always a daunting task. It is often like pushing a, you know, a very large rock uphill. When I see the headlines of Alex Jones, this guy who lies through his teeth. He soaks people for money. I mean, they're willing participants. Let's get that right. I'm sure they're doling out the cash in a big way to, to hear this crap. But when he lies about the, just about everything that comes out of his mouth and he makes $160 million doing it, sometimes I think maybe I should just bullshit people for 25 years. I'd be freaking rich as hell. Because there's a whole group of people that need to hear that. 
it's more of a lower level life form, I think, that, that can sit and listen to someone talk over and over again about how a slaughter of children at an elementary school was fake. You don't think karmically that's going to come around and bite you in the ass? That's a big thing about karma. Once you set yourself in motion, whatever you put in motion is coming back to get you at some point. I don't care. There's no exceptions. It's, in other terms, it's like Newton's third law, right? For every action you take, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So what you put out comes back. Watch what comes back. And if it's the opposite of what you put out, you're going to know about it. But there's the other piece of that, you know? And, and so I look at this stuff, and every time I get behind a microphone, I think to myself, how can I up the game? How can I say something in some way, shape, or form that is not only for my own salvation, because that's the freaking truth, you know, as much as I espouse staying out of the headlines, it's inevitable you're going to run across them. And they take a, a bite out of me in every way, shape, or form because I, I read this stuff. Here, here, for example, here's my inbox for Yahoo. These are, the, these are the, the headlines that are in front of me. And I'm supposed to put this in some semblance of order that my ancient reptilian brainstem can make some sense out of it. It never does. Republican response to Trump FBI search raises specter of political violence against law enforcement. Upcoming changes to our PayPal legal agreements. Don't miss Wayfair's flash deal Friday. These prices won't last. John Bolton, targeted in an alleged Iran assassination plot, urges U.S. to stop nuclear deal talks. Add honey. Find savings. Get $20 from PayPal. Shop, dine, and stay for a while from Winston Plaza. Save up to 25% at Adidas this week. Yeah, I might check that one out. And Zoom video communications, which I use never, says, here's your monthly recap. You know, it's going to be a pretty short report. Perhaps the one that has become some kind of odd favorite for me is this guy who's in office. I'm not going to mention his name. And he's running to stay in office. And I must have 40 emails from him and or his wife asking for an amount between $1 and $14, which seems to be by some standard deemed, you know, by political uh, people who are experts know that if they you ask for a dollar or two, they'll give it to you. I'm not giving them nothing. But it, it goes on to ask, humbly asking, John, I need you to know the three critical things. And I could actually lose my race. And I don't know what to say, John. I asked you Saturday. I asked you Sunday. I'm truly sorry to ask you again, but you did anyway. I could actually lose. I already saw that one twice. I'm done, John. I need to make this perfectly clear. One dollar. That's the donation I'm asking you to make before midnight. Just $1. Because the $1 is going to make or break what? So all this stuff is urgent to some greater or lesser degree. And all of it pulls at me every time I open my... Now, this is my secondary uh, email. So all the crap flows in there, which I'm well aware that when I swim in there, it's going to be like, you know, sifting shit. Over and every, every 20 minutes, something new is rolling in there. So what I'm getting at to this point of it, is when I go back to starting the show, there was no internet. Didn't exist yet. And if it did, it was in its infancy before this bombardment. And it seems like that because of the urgency of all of, whatever, whether it's saving money or some guy wants a dollar to, to stay in office, everything's so urgent. And a couple things happen, at least for me. One is I have to put them in you know, a triage, priority of urgency. And quite frankly, they all get deleted because none of them are urgent to me. But the second part of it is, how do we take all this information that is constantly coming at us on television, on our cell phones, on our computers, you know, whatever, and, and what do we do with it? 
because it doesn't stop. It is cranked out 24-7, 365. And for some people, I think that they're not realizing how much energy in, it, it takes out of them to sit and watch this stuff or be involved in this stuff. You know, the world is full, full of horrible, horrible things and people. Nitwits, halfwits, dimwits, and all the rest. It's also filled with some beautiful human beings that are doing incredible work, which we hear far less of. And last Saturday night, so I do this show usually on Saturday, so it was a week ago Saturday, I was part of an event here in Chicago called the Bulldog Bash. And it is my opportunity to work with some great friends to do something that's bigger than us, to put ourselves, our time, energy, effort, and financial resources into something that is greater than us, that benefits someone more than us. What a concept. So we work on this thing for about a year, and then we invite alumni to come, and they came from all over the country to, to show up at this thing. And basically for four or five hours, we become teenagers again in the room. And it is a sight to behold. Don't realize how much people need just to be together without all the bullshit around them. Without all the pol There was no politics. Nobody talked about sports, even though we had sports-related items in the silent auction. Certainly nothing about religion. There was no arguments. There was four or five hours of connection. And my favorite part of the bash is to sit way back in the, in the corner where the bar is, go figure, and watch this, watch this interaction, the joy, the happiness that people feel reconnecting with old friends and making new friends. And to help be part of an architectural team that designs that, all that is really, really good for me. And it offsets all the bullshit that floats down the river during the week that I sift through and go, I can't believe this is going on. And you know, and it's, it's things like, going back to Alex Jones, and I'll, that's the last time I mentioned this clown, you know, to, to rake in that kind of money. Now, I don't know, does he donate to cancer research? Does he do, do anything to help the veterans? You know, so I don't know, probably not. But if he does, great for him. But can you imagine how much good could be done with that kind of money? And that's how I see things. And there are people that see things very differently. Obviously, he's one of them. I could not sleep at night if I ever uttered a single word in front of a microphone or even in private about what I thought hadn't happened when it comes down to slaughtering elementary school kids. Got missing part of your soul to be able to do that, in my opinion. So the whole gist of this show has always been to find something that's greater than you and put yourself into it. Because you don't have time then for the other shit that goes on and drags us down. And sometimes I think people are doing it, they might not even realize they're doing it, meaning that they're, they're involved in things that are good for the world. And if you're not involved in things that are good for the world in some way, shape, or form, then maybe you're just kind of inert and in the middle, or you're involved in things that are bad for the world. And I don't want to hang out with people like that. I have no time for that. We're all leaving the planet at some point here. Sooner rather than later, don't have time for it. I think that's the other thing that's kind of come over me uh, in the last couple of years, especially during COVID when everything kind of got settled down and stopped and we had an opportunity, at least to some level and degree, to look at ourselves differently. And I have zero desire to chase anything. Not that I ever really, really did, but when you're in business, especially the media, you know, you got to go out and get business. We're open for business. We're going to go find some business. We're dredging up new business. I don't do that anymore. I did it during some parts of my career because it was feeling like it was, you know, you go look for it, look for it. And then I realized what I was looking for, I never found it. When I stopped, it caught up to me for the most part. So I was talking with a friend yesterday who called me and said, listen, 
here's some things you need to be doing or should consider doing to up your, your media presence. And it was a very good comprehensive list and I highly value her opinion. I don't care to do any of it. I just don't. I have, I have a window to the world on this microphone as often as I want. How many people are listening, where they're listening? No control over that. But I can totally control when I jump on this microphone. And I said to her, listen, I, I appreciate all that. But what's it going to change and do in my life that it's not already happening? So what I'm getting at in this, in, in as short form as I can possibly make, is that the, the energy of life is sacred on so many levels. And to be involved in the energy of that sacredness, um, amazing things can happen. All of a sudden, because one of our coaches passed away in 2013, a bunch of football players got together, started having a few beers, and it morphed into something else and morphed into something else and morphed into something else, got bigger, bigger, bigger. And a week ago, you know, 175 alumni showed up all the way back to the class of 1952 and forward. And not only do we come together to be with each other in a good way, but we raised well over $12,000 for our high school to fill the gaps where CPS, Chicago Public Schools, may not have them covered in terms of programs, whatever. And I got to tell you, we don't know any of the kids there. I have no idea who the money's going to help, what kind of situations they're in. I mean, we're, we're familiar with some of the, the programs. One of the big ones is STLS, which is Students in Temporary Living Situations. These are homeless kids, basically, at high school. And if there were homeless kids when I went there in high school, I didn't know them. I didn't know of them. I never heard of them. We were all shocked about six years ago, five, six years ago, when we heard there were homeless kids at our high school that we had needed to do something about that. And we did do something about it. We continue to do something about that. So that concept of the greater good has so much value to me, I can't even begin to tell you. I can't even, I mean, I could spend hours talking about the, the return on investment that all of us have by putting in our time and our energy and some of our financial resources to do this when the people that you're helping have no idea that it's you that did it. That's even better, in my opinion. So on the heels of all that, um, on the Facebook, the internet landfill of Facebook, somebody had posted about uh, this veterans issue that they were up against. I can't recall exactly what the issue was. And then all of a sudden there was this big piling on of all these, you know, everybody's got a, an idea or a plan until you get whacked in the head and it doesn't work and then you move on to something else. And they all had these ideas and plans and I thought, well, why don't you go do something about that? Because, you know, I suppose in some degree, we've learned that talking about things we think is the same as doing. And they're not. It's not the same. We could sit there for years and go, wouldn't it be great to have a fundraiser and help a bunch of kids we don't know and do all and bring people together? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? It is great because we did it and we do it every year. But this whole thing with this veterans thing was going out of, you know, brr, buzzing all the way along and the VA must do more and the president should do more. And so, and so I finally put a question up. I said, how many of you volunteer at your veterans administration where you live? I'm still waiting for an answer. That was three days ago. Point being is if you're going to complain about something, maybe you should spend a little bit of time investing in the solution to that problem as opposed to just complaining. I'm thinking that it's Biden's fault or the VA's fault or whoever's fault. But you could do something on your level to take the edge off that. So just yesterday, I got a 
Facebook message from a friend of mine who's a little bit younger than me, about four or five years younger than me, doesn't live in Chicago anymore, and said on the sidebar, hey, listen, I saw what you posted on Facebook, and you're right. What could I do where I live to volunteer? That's music to my ears. Now, they're in a different state, and I said, this is simple. Just go to the, you know, the find the VA in your city, in your state, and call them up and say, I want to volunteer. They will put you to work, sister. And it's that simple type of action that makes a big ripple in the world. And it's those small things like that. You know, anybody who's donated time and volunteered for things, you know on some level it's helping. It's adding to the cause. It's doing good things in the world. And I always look at this, even this radio show, as kind of like the scales of justice to some greater or lesser degree. I'm certainly not one to be qualified to decide what's right and wrong for the whole planet. But I will tell you that they're always going up and down. And I always want to add to the side of the good because the bad's coming back instantly. Somebody's out there trying to undo what we've done, whether it's intentionally or otherwise. So for me personally, to get on this microphone and say, please don't listen to people who lie for profit. Let me say this again. Don't listen to people who lie for profit. And I don't know what bothers me more. The Alex Joneses of the world who, who get up and bullshit like this and, and make millions of dollars off it are the people who are so gullible that they, they feed this thing. You need both. If nobody listened to him, they wouldn't exist and vice versa. But they do. And karmically, it comes back and always kicks you in the ass. So I'd rather spend my time, energy, and effort doing things like the Bulldog Bash than getting on the radio or from whatever vault he's in now and saying this is all not true and then he's got to and, and then of course on, on the on the stand at court he's got to recant and says yes it was true so now what if you're one of his minions and you've been listening to this bullshit for years and now the guy who said it says well it was really true now he's lying to you he's lying to you anyway but now you know he's lying to you and you still listen that's on you this is going to be a shorter version of the uh Life 2.0 podcast today for a couple reasons. One is um, I have been had some mm, physical challenges this past month. And um, it really started in May. And, and I want to run a whole list of what's wrong with John's stuff here, but I'll start selling an old geezer. You know, all your aches and pains and all the rest of it start to add up. And for someone who's been very, very healthy for most of my life, it's unusual for me to be sick or have some difficulties or. Uh, challenges that slow me down as much as this stuff has. So last May, I was in uh, Virginia, came back with a great case of COVID, and it was tough, but not unbearable. I mean, like, well, I don't want to do this again. And then about three weeks later, maybe four, um, I was in an airport and did some, you know, didn't have my mask on, and I got on a plane. You know, we're kind of mask-free at this point, and picked up a really bad case of COVID, and that really knocked me out of my ass. And uh, that was tough coming out of it. The, the, the after effects have been challenging to a greater or lesser degree. And then came out of that, and all of a sudden, all this back pain. I don't know where this came from. It's like it's like somebody was basically taking a, a flamethrower and drilling into my lower back. Okay, that's never happened before. Could be an offset of COVID. Got through that. And next thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire because then my second case of gout in my life showed up. So the last month and a half, well, basically, like I said, since May has been this ongoing, I have been in the gym in a month. And for me, that is really, really difficult. And sitting around, uh, 
you know, limping around like a pirate with rickets uh, has been a challenge. And it comes and goes. And so this is the first morning I actually felt pretty good. And I forget what that feels like. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of energy yakking away when I think I've hopefully made somewhat of a, a point. But I have to tell you that the big takeaway from that is about health being wealth. I mean, we know this on some level, but it's only till you're really up against it physically that you realize how important that is. And I, I, you know, my daughter's had a kidney transplant twice. I gave her a kidney when she was 13. She just had one almost two years ago in January. And she's doing great. But as a family, we know what it's like to go through that stuff with serious, you know, health issues. When it comes home in your own body, I started to think this is like part of the aging process. Is this where we're headed? I can't imagine being chronically ill. All You know, this has been chronic. Whether it's one thing, it's something else. And it's all kind of like dominoes fell at one time. Bang, 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 bang. And most of the time, I'd be able to push this stuff off. This was not the case. And the reason I bring this up, as I said, because the takeaway lesson is that this is, you know, if you have your health, you got everything. You have everything. And working out of that corner kind of has readjusted my, uh, my calibration of sorts of how I take care of myself and what I eat and those type of things. You know, I used to be Superman back in the day. I could bench press a frickin' Volkswagen, eat anything, do anything. I was, you know... For decades. And when you feel like that for a long time and all of a sudden that changes, you go from Superman to Joe shit the ragman in pretty quick order. And I felt very human and very weak and very small and very challenged. And to, for me to sit and watch TV at all during the day never happens. Ever, never happens. But when I can't walk and I got to get this back thing taken care of or I'm sitting there hacking up a lung because of COVID or icing my foot, I'm just sitting there watching TV going, holy God, there's sure a lot of shit on television. So there's been a ramble here as always. You know, I, I always say I don't want to put this microphone on and flip the switch and see the little light turn green when I don't have anything to say that hopefully has some value. And I hope you were able to extract some of that today. And the last thing I will leave you with is what, stay in the lifelines. I'm reminding myself as well. The preponderance of headlines never ends. It never ends. It's always been there. It will always be there. And none of those things, except for sending a buck to that guy who's running for office, which I can't even believe, if that doesn't sound like begging, I don't know what is. You think I want to support someone who's begging? I just need a dollar. Uh, okay. Um, for the most part, I can't do about anything about John Bolton or Trump's FBI raid or Biden's, what, nothing. I can do nothing about any of those headlines. But I could do something about the lifelines. And I can get involved more and more in them, which offsets that other stuff. And it's so worth it. It's so worth it. That, and stay healthy, and I think you're good to go. Anyway, until next time, be well, safe travels. Thanks for listening. Adios.